this work? Nothing unusual. Email was down again. And uh, Bill called me into his office again. What's wrong? Nothing, really. He just thinks he can come down and fit in with these blue-collar guys. You know, he's white-collar. Or you've done something wrong again, and you're getting in trouble. And you'll get demoted, then you'll stop shaving. There goes my vacation. Maybe you'll even get fired. And then you'll do that lazy thing, and I'll have to go back to work. And there goes the house. We had plans for this house. We'll be living out of our car or out of the street, and eventually we'll be forced to move in with your mother. How was your day, Kim? Well, Dana's having a party Friday night, and I thought I could go. But before you freak out, it's not going to be that big of a deal. I mean, y'all guys know her. You're a great kid, but there's no stopping the peer pressure. It just takes one sip, and you're hooked. And then there's the smoking and the piercings and the tattoos. And the boys. Even good boys don't have good intentions, never mind the bad boys. Oh, and you'll go straight for one of the bad boys, and they'll introduce you to all the bad things, and you'll get pregnant and drop out of school, and we'll never see you again. And we'll be stuck with your kid. What about you, Mom? I've been considering taking up string art. No. Des has been doing some really wonderful things with it. You can do anything with string. Did you know you could make refrigerator magnets? Everyone knows string art is a gateway craft. You'll start knitting and making me hats and scarves and sweaters and making me wear those sweaters. And you'll stop dyeing your hair and get those grandma glasses and you'll want a cat, which will kill my allergies and probably lead to more cats. And you'll want to make things and bring it to my class and embarrass me in front of all of my friends. All right, we laugh at this, right? We laugh at this, but I think a lot of us resonate with that, right? Do we not look for the worst when we hear people talking and we're thinking, oh man, where is this leading to, right? We're anxious. And if I can have slide one here, the other thing is I think a lot of us think about worry that it works because 90% of the time it never happens what I worry about. So we think worry works. See, some of us worry to death and others worry others to death. Am I right, parents? Right? But worry and anxiety is, is like a snake that can wrap around our mind and emotions and immobilize us. Because there's a ton to worry about, right? Whether it's health or finances, whether it's our marriages, whether it's what's going on on social media, or maybe it's semester tests for some of you, right? And schoolwork. And some of us try to control every aspect of our life and all those around us' life to no avail to keep that anxiety on the fringes of our mind. Now today as we push in, I don't want to make light of anxiety. We all, all of us here this morning, deal with it on some level. But as we push, I want you to hear God's truth. There's not a magical easy button. For some, it may take some medication. For some, it may take counseling. But God wants us to be free of that, and we need to push into that this morning. So let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, as we uh, go into your word this morning, may your words um, fill us. 
Holy Spirit, will you open our minds and hearts to the peace that you want us to have in spite of all that is going on around us? So Lord, be with us this morning as we listen to your words of truth and push into um, peace and overcoming anxiety. Amen. So good morning. For those that don't know me, my name is Darren Wogan. I am an elder here at Third and a uh, commission pastor in the Reformed Church of America. And I get a chance uh, every so often here uh, to preach, and I'm glad to be with you here this morning. And just as a reminder for anybody that is ventured out on this cold day and visiting, um, but for all of us, we are in a church year where we are talking about the church in exile. Right, that we're being moved, we're out of Christendom, we're being pushed to the fringes, the margins of society. And as we look at church history, that's where the church has spent much of its time, in those margins, and that's where it has flourished, because we can be different than the world. And now between Christmas and Lent, that is what we're focused on, the fruit of the Spirit. As Tom and Kathy have started to unpack in the auditorium here the last couple weeks, our key verse for these next few weeks is Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And if you remember, Tom said there's a hard stop in the original language after love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And then everything else describes it. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And today we are going to be focusing on peace. And as Kathy mentioned last week, peace in the Bible goes along with joy. So we're going to be kind of continuing on some of the things that Kathy brought to us last week as we move into this. And for those of you that uh, have heard me before know, I like to start with uh, the end in mind and start with a few sentences and kind of a summary of what the sermon is about. And this morning, that is really, God is sovereign. Whoever repents and believes in Jesus will have eternal life. And God is in control. God holds the future. Christ paid the victory. We have no need to worry or to be anxious. And if we are abiding in him, if we are bringing words of scripture into our life every day, speaking to our hearts and minds and asking for the Holy Spirit to fill us, he will produce in us and demonstrate through us the gift of peace. So with that, let's go to some definitions. So we are using a, a book from Timothy Keller. Uh, Kathy referenced it uh, last week as well. And this is what he describes peace it's a confidence and rest in the wisdom of God's control in your life. It is a peace that comes from the confidence in God that you know that God is doing things in your past, in your present, and the future, no matter what is going on around you. You have that confidence. The opposite of that is anxiety and worry. And it comes from a Greek word, merimaneo, which literally means in pieces. You're being unraveled. You're controlled by your circumstances. Ultimately, you lack a confidence in God. Now, we are human, and you and I are going to wrestle with anxiety. Our parents didn't fail us. We didn't fail them. It's part of the human condition. Even Jesus dealt with this. Before he was betrayed, he was in the garden praying to God. He said, please take this cup from me. He was sweating blood. But then he said, Key verse, don't, but not my will, but yours be done, Lord. This is big. Anxiety didn't win over Jesus, and it will not win over us if we are focused on him. 
And that is God's will for all of our lives here this morning, that we can live in peace and not in chaos. Now, as we move into this, I want to move into some facts. And, and it's interesting how God works as we, uh, each year in about July time frame, our church year is kind of July to July, we look at uh, all those that teach, kind of look at weeks and kind of figure out where we might fit in and looking at schedules and all those things. And, and uh, little did I know how much uh, this would mean as we push into this. And I have permission um, to share this morning a little bit. Um, for the last little while, we've, uh, as my daughter entered high school, um, she started dealing with anxiety. I didn't know that would be a, a path we would be walking before I um, chose to speak on this topic. And I'm so proud of her as, as she dealt with some of these things and she met um, with the school counselor and came and talked to us as parents about it. And she said, I want to see somebody and talk. How hard of that is that for us to do, right? To talk to others and say, I need help. Um, so this is real this morning for me too. So I'm going to push through. So just know that as we've been walking with that. So some of the facts as I dug into this as a parent and walking through this, and it, it one in five of us, 20% of us here this morning are dealing with anxiety at a level that is hard. 40% of teenage girls, 13 to 17, are dealing with anxiety. And as I've come to find out, it's a three to six month wait in a 60 to 70 mile radius for a female counselor. Many of you know I've been in youth ministry for almost 20 years, most of that here at Third Church. And that stat is nearly the same for boys, about, about a third of teenage boys. And if you look at, at colleges, it's even worse. Xanax is prescribed insane amounts in college campuses. And many of you know in the, in the town here and, and some of the things I work at Pella Corporation, some of the things that have happened there over the last six months where we told people we're going to let go at 10% or so of the, the office staff and then waited two months to tell people who that was, there was a lot of anxiety. And in the U.S. alone, $300 billion is lost every year in lost productivity because people are anxious and worried about what is going to happen. Google, Google searches have nearly doubled over the last couple years on anxiety. See, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is if we have our focus on Jesus. And now I want to I wanna push into this a little bit more. As I was studying and Timothy Keller, I was looking at some stuff from Francis Chan and Max Locato, and they talked about something that I don't think we push too much into as a church. So before we come to God's truth, and we're going to come to that in peace, I want to push into this a little bit on anxiety. Because I, I, as I thought about this, part of our anxiety, I think probably most of our anxiety comes from the fact that we asked ourselves and we think, it shouldn't be this way. Right? I go to church every Sunday, I have a small group, I believe, I'm reading the word, and then whatever happens, a family crisis, you know, health issue, financial issue, job issue, whatever it is, and we go, God, it's not supposed to be this way. But can I tell you the truth this morning? The Bible tells us that as believers, we will have trouble. And unfortunately, it's one of the truths that's, that's spoken. And, and would you believe that I told you that you had more enemies now that you are a Christian than before you became a Christian? See, before you were a Christian, and we were all at an enmity with God, Romans 8, 
right? We were born that way. That's part of the Reformed tradition, part of the TULIP acronym, total depravity. We were born sinful. We're at, we're at war with God. But God is a good guy, and he's knocking. He's waiting for us when we haven't chose him yet. But once we do choose him, we have the world, the flesh, and the devil, and all of his legion of evil spirits against us. So we have more enemies as we become believers. And I don't think we hear that. And the world is that mindset, that secularism, that I just don't have enough, right? I need that next thing. It can also manifest itself, and this is, this is kind of an aside, but it, I think I see it in adults and youth alike. The world tells us you're not good enough. You don't matter. Can I ask us as a church body, as you see youth, as you see other people around, can you speak life into them? Can you be an encourager as we're asked to be? And just say, you do matter. Speak words of scriptures. God made you for a purpose. All of you here this morning, you have a purpose. You are loved by God. You matter. But that world talks to us. And then our flesh does crazy things, right? We either want to control the situation. And, you know, that, that's part of it. It also manifests itself in wanting to be liked, right? Whether that's Instagram, Facebook, all the different social medias, it can manifest itself that way too. Oh, how many likes did I have? Did, are people there? And then the devil is tempting us in those things, but his biggest piece that he does is he's the prosecutor, right? And it kind of looks like this. This all works together, right? The Super Bowl is coming up in just a few weeks and full of commercials. And I don't know about you, my team, the Vikings are out once again. Um, so I thought about, this is completely an aside, you know, I thought about my dad uh, made me a Vikings fan from the days I could uh, uh, wear a Vikings jersey, and he's in his 70s now, and I saw this shirt and I almost bought it for him. It said, I'm going to have the Vikings be my uh, pallbearer so they can let me down one more time, right? Um, but, but in all seriousness, we'll see by the age of 20, we'll see millions and millions of commercials, Right? And they'll be telling us to look a certain way, do a certain thing, buy certain things, have all this stuff, right, to be valued. And then the flesh kicks in and we buy all that stuff and we go into debt too far. We choose to do drugs or alcohol or be sexually active because we think we need that to fit in. And then the devil comes and he said, yeah, you call yourself a Christian. I saw what you did last night. I see that your family deals with anxiety and you're anxious just about giving this talk. So how can you be talking about this today? That's how it works together. But here's the truth. They cannot destroy our salvation. God has won that for us. Oh, they can make us not have some peace if we are not focused on God, but they cannot destroy our salvation. So that's where we want to push into this morning now and see the words of truth that God brings us. And I think it's amazing how God works. And I just have to stand on that a little bit. You know, I think we lose track that, you know, the 66 books of the Bible are written by multiple authors and God inspires those words. And here this morning, it was ironic last week as I was sitting there and Kathy talked about Philippians 4 and 5. Because in December, in a hotel room, as I was traveling for work and thinking about this and reading scripture passages, I was trying to decide, okay, what am I going to talk about? Which scripture passages? And I got a little news blurb on my phone, and it said, hmm, top verse from Christianity Today. They have a Bible app. Many of you may have that. And it said, Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Over 60 million highlights or shares for the year, and it's their top verse for the last three years. Millions and millions of people are dealing with anxiety. 
So I think it's neat how God weaved that together. So we are going to continue to unpack. So if you, can get, if you need Bibles or in the back, or you can get out your devices. We're going to focus on Philippians 4, 4 through 9, as we unpack God's truth this morning. So if I can have slide four. So this is just uh, part of the verses. I'm going to expand a little bit before that and a little bit after that. So we're going to start with Philippians 4, 4 through 9. So hear the words of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always, I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So the hermeneutics about this, kind of the context, it's just a fancy word for context, just to remind us is this is Paul writing from prison. And he's writing to prison after he's been flogged nearly dead several times, stoned, thought to be dead. And now he is writing to us and saying we are to have peace and joy in all circumstances. So if we read, and we'll start with verse 4 and we'll unpack each one of these, he says, we're going to continue kind of where Kathy, it says, rejoice in the Lord always, I say again, rejoice. Now I'm going to use the message version as well because I love reading different translations and it unpacks some of this in a different way in a, in a few of these verses. And the message says it this way, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. See, he had a joy and a peace in all circumstances. And as we learned from Kathy last week, joy's opposite is not sadness, which is what I think we think about a lot of times. Joy's opposite is hopelessness, not having a hope in God. And as I, as I thought about this more and I was trying to think of a word picture, uh, I fish, but I'm not an avid fisherman, um, so hopefully you can follow this. I think the fruit of the Spirit is like a fish bobber. Does everybody know what a fish bobber is? It's that little kind of piece of plastic. So if you've been fishing, it goes, you know, four or five feet up above the hook. And when you cast out, it floats on top of the water. It's buoyant. It's buoyancy. You know, I think that's us going through life and the fruit of the spirit of love and then joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're like that fish bobber if we have our eyes focused on God, Right? So for a time, when a fish grabs that hook, it goes underwater, but it's buoyant and it comes back up. So we as humans, as we walk through this life, we're like that fish bobber. So we're going to have times where there's anxiety or worry, where we're not joyful and we may lose hope for a season and it pulls us down. But if we have our eyes fixed on God, we are buoyant and we will come back up. So we're fish bobbers this morning. As we think about this and we have a rejoice, and, and what is it that if we rejoice, rejoice comes through praise. And I'm doing a throwback, right, to Keith. What did, what did Keith teach us a few years ago for those who have been in an auditorium for a while, right? If we praise, if our praise increases, what does that do? It increases our faith. And if we have faith, we can pray powerful prayers that will overcome evil and we can reign with Christ forever. And that is his promise to all of us here this morning that have our names written in the book of life. 
Verse five, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. The message says it this way, make it as clear as you can to all, okay, to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. So if you've been in any sermons with me or you know me at all, you know I kind of have a couple key phrases people work here me say, you know. Um, one, we need to meet people where they're at in life. The other, I'm a firm believer in red-green. We're all in this together. Okay, I love that show. It's dating myself at this point in time. But we are all in this together. So what that means, and it's really hard for me if I'm being honest, and I see several of you from work, you know this about me. It's really hard when you disagree. I like to debate things. But even if they are against you and what you fundamentally believe, your theology, we have to be for them. So I'm going to ask you a question as I asked myself the last few weeks as I prepared. How are you doing today, especially with everything that's going on in society? Are you for the people who are against the things that you are fundamentally against? Are you praying for those people even though you think they're a jack wagon and in left field. I'm not doing well sometimes at that. I don't know how you're doing. Now, I want to be careful. We, we have to balance that, right? It doesn't mean we can't have truth, but we have to have love first. And we have to have that peace to meet people where they are at and love them first and build that relationship. Then we can speak those truths into their lives. See, loving someone is about, um, and I think as parents, we can understand that, or we've all been kids, even if you're not parents, there is hugging and there is spanking, right? Both of them show love because it's sometimes kids don't know that hot stove is going to burn them. So we have to slap the hand away. And youth here today and some adults as well, we need to look at those that are before us and listen because people have been down a road and they are trying to help you learn before you burn your hand. So how are you doing this week with your social media? Are you having peace with all those around you that may disagree with you? How are you doing at work and your families? So now verse six, we have key verse for this morning. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't fret. In the message version, it says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. And I love this next part. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. So it says, don't be anxious. This is a command. It is the same words that says, don't kill someone, don't murder. See, and I don't think we challenge each other on that enough. So can you imagine this? What would it be like if you could go through your whole life and not worry. Can you imagine that? How peaceful that would be. Well, it's a command. And I think we, we think it's impossible, right? I saw a couple of you do an eye roll. <laughs> you know, like, Darren, like I could go through my whole life without worrying, right? But it's a command, like don't murder. So if I said, you know, let's, let's don't murder the rest of my life, your, your life, would you look at me and say, oh, Darren, like I couldn't murder somebody my whole life, <laughs> right? 
But that's the same words that God is using here. And you see, as his father, or as God is our father, he wants us, we're his children. He wants his house in order. He wants other people to see that from us and have that peace. He wants us to come in prayer with thanksgiving and say, God, I don't know exactly what's going on. I know you're with me, you're for me. I'm having this hard part in my life. I'm gonna give it to you, Abba, Father, and I'm gonna go back outside and play. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. We see in verse seven, then if we have that, if we give those worries through thanksgiving, through our prayers and petitions, if we turn those over to God, he said, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a great promise? The message version says it this way, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. That is God's promise to us. You see, we worry because we don't trust. But God spoke the world into existence. He can do this. We just need to say, Daddy, God, here's my request. I'm leaving with you. I'm going back outside to play because I know you've got it. We need to keep rejoicing no matter what the circumstances are. Remember, God is never surprised. God is never stressed. He already wrote the end of the book. We can read it ourselves. We know how the story ends if we believe in Jesus. So when others are losing their minds, whether it's Iran, politics, stock market, what's going on at work, whatever those are, we can have a peace that passes all understanding and people will look at us and go, I don't get you. I'm thankful a lot of people don't get me. (laughs) So those are good words for me to hear. But we are supposed to stand out. We are supposed to be different. Being in the margins of society as we move close that way and as we've been that as, a, as Christ followers throughout our history, we are to be different, to look different, to have that peace and joy. Now, there will be rough days, so don't, don't hear again, we're that fish bobber. There are going to be rough days, but if we are focused on God, putting the words of Scripture into us each and every day, spending time, and talking to our hearts and asking the Lord to fill us, we can pop back up. We can have that buoyancy. Verse eight. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The message version states it this way. Summing it up, all friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to, to curse. So how do we cultivate peace? We focus. And I, I'm asking you, what are you guys focusing on? Just like I asked myself. Are you focusing on the promises that Jesus has for our life, what he has done for us, what God's promises are, that you have a plan, that you have a purpose? Or are you worried about you missed that episode of a TV show, that you have a bad boss right now? You don't know what's going on in your marriage, your job, your finances. 
or you're focused on your phone and your digital device because that's where you're living. And too many times, I think we focus on the problem, right? And that's all that people can see around us. They don't see where our true focus should be. See, cultivating peace, we must live in that assurance that God gives us. And we are to think about good things. So may I say this and push just a little bit? If we are anxious, if we are worried, we are not thinking. So we can either talk to our hearts and tell them what God's promises are, or we can listen to our hearts. And whether that's today and maybe right now you're thinking about this or tomorrow when something comes up and your mind starts thinking about, oh my gosh, what happened? I, can't, I don't know what I'm going to think of. So we're listening to our hearts and it's going out of control and we get cold sores and headaches or we can talk to our hearts. Say, God, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Are we talking to our hearts? Are we taking that? Are we thinking about God and not forgetting he saved us in thinking? Because peace comes from talking to our hearts and reminding yourself whose you are in Christ. In verse nine, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul was beaten and stoned. But he's still, now he's in prison, but he had this peace and this joy. He was meeting people where they were at and challenging them to follow God's words, to focus on God's kingdom, to love others, to love God. And the fruit of the Spirit, peace, being a part of that will come. And if I can have a slide five, and I love Max Lucado in one of his books. I love, if you haven't read Max Lucado books, they're, they're great. They're very, for most of us here, they're very easy reads. And, and he just puts things in a, in a very neat way. And this ties right to these verses. And I think it's something we can take away. And it's a, you know, an acronym for CALM. So the C is celebrate God's goodness as we go away from here. Don't meditate on the mess. Look for God. Right? Give thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for all that you have done for us, that you've done for me, that you've done for my family. And then we ask God for help. Make your request known. God, I, I thank you for all you've done with us, but this is going on. I'm worried about my finances, my job, my marriage, whatever it is, my health. You see, the path to peace is closed with prayer. So ask God for help. And then you leave those concerns. And that, that is really hard for us as humans to do, to leave it there, right? I don't know how many of you are like me. But we pray that and we say, God, I'm leaving that with you. And then five minutes later, we're worried about it again. Can you, can you take this step, if you're willing to? Can you raise your hand and just repeat after me? So I hereby resign as ruler of the world. <laughs> All right, don't, isn't that freeing? See, that wasn't our job anyway. We weren't meant to have that control. It's God, so we need to leave it there. And then the M is meditate. Meditate on good things, right? Put those words. Go to your script. You know, God, God wants us to do this every day. Even if it's, you know, start with just a few minutes. It's okay. Read some scripture and put some of those words in our hearts so we can be talking to our heart, put those words in our mind so we can talk to our hearts, so we can think and remind ourselves of God's promises to us 
I think it's very important because most of us are being crucified between two thieves, the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow. And too many times we bring those burdens of tomorrow to us today that weren't meant for us today. It increases our burden for today that we're never supposed to have. Can we plan for the future? Absolutely. But hold it loosely. Don't worry about it. Be flexible. Because God only promises enough for today. And his mercies are anew each day. We can't get ahead of God, even though we want to. So what do people see when they see you? Do they see fear and worry, anxiety? Or do they see peace? Do you believe God is sovereign? And if we believe in Jesus and repent, nothing, nothing can put us outside of God's control. God holds the future. Christ paid the victory. We have nothing to fear and worry about. And if we abide in him, if we are putting those words of scripture in and we are asking the Holy Spirit to fill us, he will produce in us and show through us a sense of peace. So now as the, as the worship team comes back up here, we're gonna have a time and there'll be elders serving communion during that time and we can worship. But there's also, they, they've set up, there's some cards and some pens over by the cross and, and a, a little basket if you're feeling that way, if you're led that way, if there's something you're anxious about, would you want to take that step and just write it on that piece of paper and put it in that basket, right? Come with thanksgiving and pray about it. Write it there and leave it at the cross. And maybe if you don't feel comfortable doing that, maybe just sit and pray and put those things over to God. He hears our prayers. He hears our petitions. So shape that worry and anxiety into prayer to leave with him.